hello. Hi, fair warning. My dogs might go absolutely bonkers because my nephews are shoveling snow outside. They were on one last week. And my cat, too. I can't even say anything. Yeah. I think they were just... Was it a full moon or something? Like uh, I don't know. I was in a wretched, wretched mood. So um, there was just a lot going on. They might have was. They might have felt the vibes. Fair. Yeah, that's true. They do do that. Mm-hmm. So... You said um, doo-doo. <laughs> doo-doo. They do-do-do-do that. Yeah. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do <laughs> that. Um, did you have something for us this week to start? I did, but first I'll start by saying that is Rachel. Oh yeah, that's Becky, and I forget to do this every week. And I will probably soon forget as well. Um, Hopefully we don't. Anyways, we're remembering this week... This is Chardonnay and DNA. True to its word, I am drinking Chardonnay today. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Mm. Absolutely perfect. Delicious. Why did I just think of butter? Um, what I the need fuck? More information. I don't. <laughs> I was trying to think of the last time that I attempted to drink Chardonnay because we all know if it's not diabetes in a glass, I don't want it. Um, and I was like, is it buttery? Why is that the word that came to mind? Buttery? No, buttery. I, it is. Chardonnay is described in that weird fucking way. Like, they'll say it's like, it has like a creamy finish. And I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just like, um. Is creamy the word that makes you gag? In that context, it does. <laughs> I was like, listen, the only thing that's going to have a creamy finish. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to finish that. <laughs> disgusting oh um yeah but butter you said that and i was like butter is what popped in my head and i was like what the fuck no you probably read that on the label let me see buttery (laughs) i don't want to play this word association game anymore because another really bad word popped in my head at buttery (laughs) best buttery (laughs) chardonnay it is okay. All right. Franzia, rich and buttery Chardonnay. Ew, that's in the box too. That sounds horrible. Buttercream Chardonnay. Uh oh yeah, it's definitely a thing. Mm. Oh, and especially when it's buttery and oaky. Okay, here, here we go. Here's an answer. A wine with buttery characteristics has been aged in oak and generally is rich and flat, less acidity. A buttery wine often has a cream-like texture that hits the middle of your tongue, almost like oil or butter, and has a smooth finish. (laughs) Oh my god. I fucking hate that. It's the middle of your tongue. Let me see. With a creamy finish. Let me experiment. (laughs) Hold on. (laughs) the creamy finish is what got me (laughs) wait a minute holy shit it does hit the middle of my tongue ew what like that's where you know how you taste like for me at least i taste sour things like it's more on the tip of your tongue okay but like sweet is supposed to be on the sides yes sweet is like on the back sides at least like you know uh Mm -hmm. it and that's like when you taste this like that is where you taste it Hmm. Well, fucking bend me over and call me Nancy. I never would have yeah. known. That's if I wouldn't have said butter, we wouldn't have been here today. I mean, this wine, I can't believe it's not butter. 
They should make one a Chardonnay called I Can't Believe It's Not Butter. I can't believe it's not buttery with if a somebody, finish. If somebody uses that, I expect a little cutback, please. Yeah, I uh, yeah, patent patent pending. Yeah. Oh. Um. <laughs> <sighs> yes, so that's that's my state of affairs. I do have something for us. Okay. Um, our boss has been trying to like keep us in good spirits by sending us like a little daily um activity type things and i like the one that she sent today it was cool it uh it's a, these a buzzfeed list of um let me read the title it's called 39 actually useful website that you've probably never heard of so it has all these crazy websites like one is the is the mcdonald's ice cream machine broken website where it has like a map and it'll tell you if the ice cream machine's broken at mcdonald's <laughs> which is extremely fucking useful yeah because that happens so much um there's one called future me where you can write your future self a letter oh there's one called scream into the void where you can just type your venting and like frustrations and it just kind of like disappears um into the void there's one called oh what was this cool one <laughs> i thought of you with this one there's one called does the dog die oh yeah i love that site i use it all the time yeah so it tells you like um in you know in movies if the dog dies so that you can avoid it it's actually super useful and it's expanded now. So it's not just the dog. Like it'll talk about animal abuse. It'll talk about if like a kid dies, it'll talk like any kind of thing that could be triggering to somebody they go through and tell you for every movie if nice. it is and when it is. So it's been a very useful tool. There's uh, also another one called, I don't know if it's on this list. You're going to have to tell me cause I didn't look today. Cause today was a dumpster fire. Mm -hmm. um, when can I go pee? Oh, run pee. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Run pee is on here. Um, there's one that's called tip of my tongue and you can find a word that you've been thinking about, but you can't remember. And you can either look it up based on like a partial word. Like, you know, it starts with this letter or it um, ends with this letter by the letters of the word, by the word meaning. So we could type in water hungry and it would give us thirsty. <laughs> yes. Oh my God. Get out of my head. I was just going to say, <laughs> instead of saying that you're water hungry, you can type in thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> the other ones that were so funny uh was like poisonous poisonous bag or something for jellyfish like something yes. like that yeah poisonous shopping bag or something yeah so you can use tip yeah. of my tongue so my question for you is if you can make like one of these websites or apps to help you do something that you know you might not really think of um but would be very helpful what would your app or website be um so i would make a website that would tell me how many people are in a walmart or a target <laughs> um, so and i mean really any store but mostly like the grocery stores or walmart or target yes um and just like so essentially be like how busy is walmart.com and then i could type in any walmart in the country and find out how many fucking people are there that's a really good one it is well so i do know that like you know how google kind of does that where it says like these these are the times that are like very busy you, yeah. you know what i mean but i feel like that's i think that's like estimated like i don't think that's 
Right. And like right now it's not um, accurate because they're thinking about like, they're not considering holidays and things like that. And like, it's pretty much a shit show constantly. That's true. Oh, I fucking hate going into Walmart and that it's only for that reason. I have nothing against Walmart. I mean, they're kind of like scummy big corporation but i still go there <laughs> but like yeah i mean we're kind of fucked like we don't have very many options they've put everybody else out of business so like yeah uh, i'm stuck but i hate uh, going in there for that reason you could the aisles are so narrow mm-hmm. you can never move people are people, just they lose brain cells when they enter the doors mm-hmm. they aren't wearing masks right now oh i would, um, freak, I would freak the fuck out and I'm not even talking about just for Corona. Like I would want this all the time because I don't do well in crowds with my anxiety. Um, and I don't do well shopping when there's a lot of people around with my anxiety. So I would want this all the time. Um, and it would just be very, very helpful to know how busy, like that's like, so we had the snowstorm yesterday, right? Mm-hmm. For those who are listening, it's Thursday. So technically Wednesday, we had a very big snowstorm and where I live, we got about 16 inches of snow. Jesus. Yeah. Well, I'm at the base of the mountain. so. Um, I literally drove to Walmart in the middle of a snowstorm because I knew that no one would be there. (laughs) That's how desperate you were. (laughs) Yeah. That's how I I kept doing like an online order. And I was like, I can't wait till Saturday to get my fucking groceries. I have nothing to eat. And I looked outside and I weighed the risks of dying to go get my groceries at Walmart in the snow and took that risk. And you're like, yep, I have four-wheel drive. I'll make it. Yep, exactly. And I did, and it was glorious. And I really enjoyed my time in Walmart for the first time in almost a year. So Yeah, that's a good one. I like that. Um, so mine would be I'm always like, especially when I'm watching something like animated, shout out to the new Big Mouth season. Do you guys watch mm-hmm. Big Mouth? Yes, I love it. Amazing. So like either real people or animated like voiceovers i'm always like wait who is that guy like where have i seen that actor before yeah yeah. i would make almost like a shazam but for like actors faces okay okay and then like i could like scan it on my camera and then it would tell me all the different things in actual chronological order because fucking like the google search and imdb Mm -hmm. does not put it in chronological order a lot of times um then it would just list like who that person is. Or if it was animated, it would be like, this is the voice actor. Um, That'd be so useful because I cannot, t- I am a person that can't watch a show without IMDb it. So I can see who is who. And like, I have to look that kind of shit up and that would save me so much fucking time. Yeah. And it, it would just, I, and it, I get like really like obsessed with like, okay, I know I've seen that guy or I know I've heard that voice. Like who is who is that person like what else have they been in yeah um and i think that would be very helpful and it would save a lot because sometimes you look them up and you're like fuck no that's not them i'm an idiot like that doesn't even look like them (laughs) yeah yeah but you think it is yeah Yeah, you think it is based on the voice or like their weird haircut i don't know something just makes you think that it's that person so that's that would be mine it's kind of boring but i would use it all. no i actually really like that i think that that would be really cool and like with face recognition like you can't tell me that apple can't like pull that out of their ass absolutely absolutely they're they gotta be able to I think we just came up with two really million dollar ideas. I kind of do too, because I use Shazam a lot too, like when I don't know what a song is. I almost feel like we probably shouldn't have said these on the podcast because someone out there is going to steal our ideas. Okay, December 18th, no, December 17th, 2020, 6 o'clock p.m. Don't steal it, you stealers. 
We had it first, fuckers. Yeah, fuckers, you ass wipes. I know you're trying to steal these. I know you're trying to write these down in your little idea books. <laughs> I just see some guy like, oh, yeah, and like writing everything down, just like, like real writing, sketchy. And it's like, bro, you can rewind it. You don't have to fucking do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think those are great ideas. I do too. Nice. That was fun. Well, I thought someone had a correction, but then we scoured our texts and there's no correction, so I don't think we have one. Nope, there's no correction. Um, oh, I you had have a couple other stuff. My bad. Yes. Yeah, it's okay. I did have a couple things. So I, <laughs> I was scrolling through Facebook, and I'm part of a group called Memes to Discuss in Therapy because you know if I can't have dark humor about my mental health, what's the fucking point? Ooh, I want to um, be in that group. It's a good group. Um, and this one meme was just found out my entire personality is a trauma response. <laughs> Lauren sent me one similar to that. It was Dolly Parton, like giving the little like um, finger guns. And mm-hmm. she was, it said like, oh, I love your personality. And then it was Dolly Parton uh, with the finger guns. And she was like, thanks. It's a disorder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> very true someone commented under this my entire life has been a trauma response i was like yeah yeah i feel you um which leads me to talk about what i wanted to talk about um i'm gonna get a little bit serious and i apologize um for getting serious but i think it needs to be said because there's somebody out there who needs to hear this um the holidays are here it's a hard time for a lot of people and i think that a lot of us forget that because we're so wrapped up in the joy and the happiness of being with our family or having family, you know, that loves us. Um, and this year is going to be different for everybody. And I, I get that, but, um, holidays are not easy for everyone and we need to keep that in mind. Um, and I know there's somebody out there who has a toxic family member, an abusive family member, a narcissistic family member, somebody uh, that tries to weasel their way into your life. Um, and I just want to stress the importance of not giving in to that temptation during the holiday season. Um, I know it's easy and I know that they can be very manipulative and pull you back in. Um, but don't let the spirit of the holiday um, suck you in and get yourself hurt. Um, So I just want to say that toxic is toxic, blood or not. You don't owe your family anything just because they are blood does not mean that they are your family. Um, You can make your own family and you don't deserve abuse. Um, You don't deserve to be treated like shit or lesser than anybody else. And you certainly don't deserve to lose a piece of your soul to somebody. So just keep that in mind. If anybody is trying to weasel their way back into your life with the premise of holiday cheer, it's bullshit. Stand your ground um, and just take care of yourself. So yeah fuck all that like your family is like i have issues with family members of mine but like if they were legitimately trying to manipulate me wrong me like make me feel bad fuck all that no if you're that's a two-way street just because you're my family yeah i'm yours too so don't treat me shitty yeah exactly and there is absolutely nothing wrong with cutting somebody out of your life if they do nothing but hurt you over and over and over again no Um, yeah that's self like that's self-abuse like i don't yeah it doesn't i don't care if it's your mom dad brother sister i don't care like yeah it doesn't matter right and i'm i'm very blessed that i have pretty strong relationships with my immediate family members i mean we have we have things that we have to work on but no someone was treating me like that fuck that i don't you you being my family has nothing 
to do with my loyalty to you at that Mm -hmm. point if you're showing none to me exactly and the other thing I just want to point out because my therapist told me this and it has helped me tremendously and I just feel like it's going to help somebody else out there especially this time of year it's really important to differentiate between guilt and sadness and a lot of us feel guilt when it's actually sadness, we identify that feeling as guilt, but it's not really guilt. It's sadness. You're sad because that person, you know, you want that person to be in your life. It's grief. Right. And I think it's important for a lot of people to learn that. And it's not an easy thing to learn, but if someone's contacting you and you're starting to feel guilty, chances are you don't actually feel guilty. You feel sad because you want that person in your life, but they're not going to be the person that you think they are or want them to be, they're going to continue to be shitty. <laughs> yeah. So. And, there, and there's, and I think even if you don't have a relationship, like a family relationship that you feel like you have to cut out, I think you, there is something to be said for grieving what you wish was. And I've had to do yes. that with um, a family member where like, I wish that the relationship could be a certain way, but it's just not. And that does make me sad, but it's just, it, our relationship is the way it is and but there's grief and like wishing that it could be what you needed exactly exactly and just sometimes that you think it manifests as guilt and generally it's not you're just sad Mm -hmm. so this this episode is getting released on christmas week that's kind of why i brought it up because i know a lot of my (laughs) friends are struggling right now um a lot of people i know are struggling right now and it just needs to be said um, be strong. It's okay to set boundaries and you owe that to yourself to set those boundaries. And guess what? At the end of the day, you can use 2020 as an excuse for why you can't see people. (laughs) Fuck. Yes, you can. This is like the perfect year to be like, Oh no, I don't want to see you because you can blame it on the pandemic. Yeah. So you can look like a total, um, angel. You can be like, look, I don't want, I'm trying to protect you. Blah, blah, blah. Like, tell someone you were exposed to the bubonic plague. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. I pet an armadillo and I got the bubonic plague. Like, Yeah, whatever you gotta do. They carry that still. They still do? Yeah, our armadillos. <laughs> oh armadillos God. can carry the bubonic plague. <laughs> Fun fact of the day. Um, bats? I don't know. I, kinda don't- I fucking hope not. I kind of thought bats could carry the bubonic. Can bats carry the bubonic? Oh, speaking of that, you know how people say that possums carry rabies? They do not. Fun fact, their body temperature is too low to actually carry rabies. So (laughs) stop spreading propaganda about my sweet little angel babies. Thank you. Don't (laughs) end the stigma. (laughs) Yeah, end the stigma. It makes me sad. Um, Okay, flea bites flea bites okay yeah i I mean like flea bites is the big thing but like i know i know that there are other things that carry it oh yeah 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 yeah. bats rock squirrel what the fuck wood rats what the fuck (laughs) ground squirrels (laughs) wood (laughs) wood (laughs) rats these fucking hood rats carrying the bubonic plague (laughs) oh my god um prairie dogs chipmunks mice voles and rabbits can be affected by plague but it doesn't say that bats carry the plague oh okay i thought they i don't know that's just stuck in my mind it's probably garbage but i I do know oh i guess bats can't uh bats bats host lots of viruses i guess 
Yeah, they're pretty um, dirty. Yeah, they're cute though, so I'm not mad at them. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I read that somewhere about the armadillo, and I was like, "Well, fuck." <laughs> Why were you gonna pet one? Like, <laughs> no, I just, I, I don't know. I You're look just up like, weird I just wanted shit. the option to pet one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I would. I absolutely would. Um, oh, it's leprosy, not bubonic plague. Wrong thing. Oh. Wrong plague. Armadillos Wrong plague. carry leprosy. Yeah. They carry leprosy. Oh, wow. It is still a plague. I just got the wrong plague. <laughs> is, is leprosy the one where like your skin falls off? Like, yeah, like your like ears and nose and shit like um like just like slough off of your body. <laughs> there's like you can live with it. Like there's like leper co- there were leper colonies and shit like where they'd send people with it to live. Yeah, that's um I wonder if there's any DNA stories about that. Oh, that's a good idea. That we should look into that. Idea. But yeah, so uh, wild armadillos can spread leprosy to humans. Well, okay then. I mean, that's the show. Bye. That's the show. Bye. <laughs> that's all you need to know. Um, okay. Anything else no. that you want to chat about before you get started? No, I want to dive into this because this story all right. is a doozy. Okay. Hit me with it. So I got, I watched the entire, um, like, it it was the way i watched it it was in parts i think it was probably like an hour and a half long total but this Mm -hmm. was seriously like a 10 part um abc 2020 special thing okay from last year so it's called switched at birth or stolen oh god yeah it's bonkers it's it's just it's so many there's so many twists and turns and just like you cannot believe that all these things happen to like two like just these two families it's it's insane so let me get right into it all right so in 1978 barbara mays and regina twig both went into labor at hardy memorial hospital in rural wachula florida wachula is described as backwoods florida having only two stoplights and where the residents never locked their doors because they knew all their neighbors which like by the way your neighbors can still have like cut up bodies in their basement Backwoods, Florida sounds like an oxymoron. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, what's Frontwards, Florida? <laughs> like, <laughs> please tell me where is Frontwoods, Florida? And that's that's very true. <laughs> okay, sorry. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, okay, so Hardy Memorial was the only hospital in the town with 50 beds, six doctors, and one OBGYN. Barbara and her husband, Bob, had been trying for a long time to conceive, and the couple was elated when Barbara became pregnant. During her labor, the OBGYN, Dr. William Black, observed fetal distress, and he feared for the baby's life, causing him um, to operate an emergency C-section on Barbara. So, on the other hand, it came as no surprise to the family and friends of Regina and Ernest Twig that the couple was expecting another child. At the time, they had five living children— and one daughter said that it seemed like they were always bringing home another baby. <laughs> um, yeah, probably like Catholic or something. Yeah. No goalies. No goalies up. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> okay. I, on the other hand, have every goalie up. <laughs> Anywho. Um, Same. They, <laughs> so, um, the Twigs had been hoping for a girl because they lost a daughter in 1975. Vivia was her name, and she'd been six weeks old when she died of a heart defect. Regina had been understandably very nervous during the pregnancy and labor in 1978, hoping that she would not have to relive another loss of a child. 
Barbara Mays gave birth to a baby whom they named Kim on November 29th, 1978, and Regina Twig gave birth to a daughter that they named Arlena on December 2nd, 1978. So in the special, they show Regina's friend, Betty Parker, and she recalls a strange story that Regina had told her about an interaction between Regina and another mother that was on the same floor of the hospital. So Regina had been walking in the hallway of the hospital after delivering her daughter and saw another mother in um, a hospital room holding a newborn. The woman seemed distressed and really sad, so Regina tried to talk to her. She asked the woman if she had a girl or a boy, and the woman just looked down and said a girl. But a nurse soon rushed Regina away, stating, this is a very sad story. Hmm. Yeah, so just kind of keep that on hold in your mind. Okay. On the third day of Regina's hospital stay, she noticed that her daughter stopped wanting to nurse. Prior to that day, Regina had been feeding her baby every four hours successfully. And at the same time, Regina noticed that the color of her baby was off and that it didn't seem like the same baby she had birthed and known for the last three days. The nurse pointed out the bands around the baby's wrist and ankle marked with the last name and told Regina that she was probably just feeling nervous. Regina's loved ones echoed this statement, um, saying it like just didn't take her seriously and chalked it all up to being a worried new mother. Hmm. To the Twigs' horror, um, they found out from the doctor, and this was not Dr. Black, the original doctor. This was a Dr. Palmer that they didn't know. That this I thought there was only one OBGYN. It, there was. Dr. Palmer was just another one of the doctors. Okay, sorry. Okay. Yeah, so this, I, I don't know, Dr. Black, probably went out to smoke like well he probably didn't even go outside at that time he was probably just smoking Mm. like a thousand cigarettes in the in the bathroom (laughs) or the smoking room there was smoking rooms that (laughs) was a thing yeah you know doing some coke off of like yeah right anyway this dr palmer told they stepped in and told regina and Ernest that this baby too had a heart defect And obviously they, this like rocked their world because they had already lost a kid a couple years before to the same thing. Um, The doctors didn't think this baby would live past a week. So the, but the twigs did take her home. Um, Meanwhile, on the same day, the mazes took home a healthy baby um, whose name had been Kim. So although baby Arlena was really fragile, she rallied and she lived a lot longer than the doctors ever thought she would. Meanwhile, just 18 months after Kim was born, Mar- Barbara, the, the mother, was diagnosed with advanced stage four ovarian cancer. One of the reporters in this series says that said that like at that time, that was a death sentence. Hmm. So around that same time that Barbara had been diagnosed with ovarian cancer, Regina had gotten a call from a woman who said that they had been in labor at Hardy Memorial at the same time and asked if their kids could get together for a play date. Shortly after this call, Regina noticed a strange car outside the family's home. She thought maybe it was the caller and went outside, but as soon as she did, the driver drove away. And okay. like how, this just goes to show how fucking like oblivious people were at that time. Because in the special, like they said that Regina was like, okay, yeah, they can have a play date. I'd be like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> What year is this? 1978. Well, at and that- this is why serial killers really prevailed back then. Yes, exactly. Um, I mean, I guess technically at this time it was 18 months after the birth, but still like sort of 79, 80. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> I would be yeah. like, how did you get my number? <laughs> yeah. 
So Barbara Mays ended up dying in March of 1981. Kim had been just two years old. At this time, Arlena, also two, continued experiencing challenges due to her heart condition. She could not be out in the heat or overexert herself. If she did, her fingers and lips would turn purple as her Mm. heart was not strong enough to support the exertion. It was really heartbreaking. They, like, showed pictures of her and, like, she was just so frail and, like, it was just really sad. Mm. Um, She became fatigued really easily. She struggled with memory, like, in school due to the lack of oxygen. And at age nine, Arlena underwent surgery for her heart condition. As part of the pre-op process, her blood was typed. They learned that her her blood type was um, B, even though her parents both have O. One had positive and one had O negative. Um, but this combination is genetically impossible. So they were really stumped, um, and they ended up doing a genetics test at John Hopkins, which um, proved that there was no genetic link between Arlena and, um, the, and the parents. Okay. Um, they were understandably like their worlds were rocked but they were so focused on like getting um her through the surgery that they did that first and were like we'll come back to this later but we just need to get her through this right um they wanted to they they at the from the get they wanted to find their biological daughter but they didn't tell arlena about this news because she they didn't want to burden her they just wanted her to come through the surgery so while she did survive it, um, she soon died after of kidney failure failure that resulted from the operation. Aww. What's crazy is Arlena and Vivia, the daughter they lost before, both died <clears throat> on August 23rd, 13 years apart. What? It's, doesn't that, like, that, that gave me chills. I was like, ugh. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. So after Arlena's death... Regina and Ernest um, started searching for their biological daughter, and they sued Hardy Memorial Hospital for $100 million, which, like, yeah, makes sense. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, The media went fucking haywire for this story. It was a circus from the get-go. Within a few weeks, they learned that Kim Mays and Arlena Twig had been the only two white infants born at Hardy Memorial in that same week. So already, yeah, that connection was like, it it was such a small town that that it wasn't that hard to figure out. And the media was all over this. Yeah. So an investigator showed up at the Mays' door requesting a blood sample from Kim. Bob Mays refused and hired an attorney named Dale Swope. Bob was shaken and stated that he couldn't believe Kim might not be his daughter. They gave him a polygraph that he passed, but he continued refusing the blood test. As a result, the Twigs petitioned for a mandatory blood test to get definitive proof. They stated that they did uh, not want to go after custody, but do want to get to know their biological daughter. They had a very esteemed lawyer, John Blakely, um, who seemed to intimidate Dale Swope. Like, um, this John Blakely was a really, really, um, he had a very good reputation. He was very knowledgeable about the law. So it was going to be like a cutthroat case. Um, so Dale Swope enlists the help of family lawyer Art Ginsburg, um, who's a who's a shark. So Ginsburg during this ends up going as far as to use the defense that mandating him to do a blood test in itself would cause her to suffer. Um, 
experts in child psychology defended this position, and the twi- the Twigs became villainized, and people questioned why they wouldn't, quote-unquote, give up their search in order to preserve the child's stability. But- <laughs> I, yeah, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? They want to know what happened to their daughter. They want to know what happened to their daughter. Like, and from, and obviously, like, this series was very spun toward the twigs. Um, but in my opinion, like, that's not weird. Like, every, yeah, the kid, the kid that would be hard, it would be hard to explain to a child. But what's going to be harder is her, like, learning about this on the media and not knowing where she belongs and, like, right and having it turn into this big like um this big battle which it ends up becoming well not only yeah the big battle is going to be super traumatic but also like when she gets older and realizes oh this isn't my mom when like dna stuff comes up or like family health shit comes up like she's gonna need to know that shit right why if you really care about the kid why wouldn't you just come together as two families that this horrible thing happened to and just go from there but this bob guy is a piece of shit and you'll you'll see why yeah so the media finds that regina's um unwavering persistence so yeah regina was like she was a she went in on this like she was not giving up she did not give a shit about bob mays and his like villainizing her so then it this goes into the backstory of regina and man this lady has lived a life so they kind of find out the media exposes that she um her childhood was very traumatic so she was born in steubenville ohio in 1945 um into her original name had been mary lee her biological father was an alcoholic who abused her mother and did not want the responsibility of raising children. He accused her mother of being mentally ill and took her to an institution. Mm-hmm. Regina and her siblings were placed in an orphanage, and to this day, Regina asserts that her mother was not mentally unstable, and she can still remember her mother being taken from the car and screaming and crying for her children. Oh my god. How fucked up is that? That's so fucked up. So Regina was exposed to terrible conditions at the at the children's home. The supervisors were abusive, sexually, physically, emotionally. The and the girls and boys were kept separate. So um I don't know if there were additional no, there was another there was a sister, but Regina's biological brother is on this series and they talk about how they were like super close, but then girls and boys were kept apart so there was literally like a fence separating them so they couldn't even see each other oh my god it's really heart-wrenching and it's just like this lady they've gone through so much and you can see why this event would be i mean it would be triggering for anyone but like this is all so like wrapped up in her childhood too and it's really really sad So the siblings, I believe there was three, um, they were separated and not adopted by the same family. So at nine years old, Regina was adopted, which only resulted in more abuse. Right. Yep. Her adoptive father molested her at age 12. (sighs) And when she came home with bad grades, her parents beat her with a belt while she wore only her bra and underwear. Oh my god. Yeah. So when Regina graduated from college, she moved to Akron, Ohio, 
and found her biological siblings together. I think this is so sweet. They took their mom out of the institution. Um, at 26, she married Ernest, who she called her knight in shining armor. Hmm. Was Ernest a good guy? Um, yeah, it seems like it. I'll, I'll go into the, I talk about this a little later. They do end up, um, just with everything that happened, they, they do end up divorcing, but it does sound like they had like a really good marriage and there was just so much hurt that. Right. Yeah. Just which not happens. able to overcome it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, But there was nothing. Um, it, it seems like he was a very decent guy and a decent dad. So good. Okay. Yeah. So I'm glad that, you know, she could stop getting fucking abused. Yeah. yeah. So Bob Mays, as the as all this the media frenzy, the court um trial and all that go on like goes on, he becomes almost as persistent as Regina. Um, he builds the narrative that the Twigs were trying to break up the fam his family and that blood testing Kim would damage her mentally and emotionally. However, Bob was a salesman and it showed. So it comes to light that Bob had been having an affair with um when he was married to Barbara, his wife, who presumably had Kim, but, you know, is not Kim, all that jazz. But anyway, uh, it came to light that during that time, he had an affair with Cindy Tanner. Get this shit. Cindy Tanner was a woman who worked at the hospital where Barbara was getting cancer treatment. No. <laughs> yeah. oh my god he's a real fucking piece of work yeah uh just five weeks before her death barbara um filed for divorce which i think is just like poetic she's like i only have a few weeks to live but like i want to be i want to be separated from this asshole yeah um so yeah shortly after barbara's death cindy moves in with bob and kim Keep in mind that Kim's only two at that time, so Kim begins calling Cindy mommy, and all memories of Barbara vanish from the toddler's mind. And, and like, that was by design. Like, Bob Bob wanted that. Yeah, that's sad, though. It's really sad, and this guy's such a dog. The whole illusion kind of came crashing to a halt when Barbara's parents came into the picture and petitioned the court for visitation rights to their granddaughter. Did you know that? Did you know, like, grandparents can petition? Yeah yes damn Uh, it's really fucked up um because there are situations where grandparents should not have access to the children well i think in this scenario it was fair oh yeah yeah i mean there are situations where it's just the dad or mom just is being an asshole but there are others where you know yeah i could see i that's what i was thinking i was like i could see where this would be problematic but i do think in this situation it was fair it was needed yeah yeah, because this fucking bob Mays was just trying to like sweep everything under the rug yeah um so before like this they petitioned for access to visitation bob denied them all access to kim and um she didn't even know that they existed um and the story of her real mother had never been explained to her of course not right so they they do have they do kind of explain to her like your mom you know died like when you were only two and so they kind of try to save face a little bit um but later on bob divorces cindy and didn't Mm. and he didn't allow cindy to seek him and she had been her her, she had Mom. mothered her for yeah. 
uh and, you know as long as this was i think they got divorced um i want to say it was it was before they learned about the like they were like they were trying to get the blood test and everything because he marries again <laughs> so you know for probably like at least i would say probably from five to eight years that was her mother i'm trying really hard not to pass judgment on cindy but who the fuck okay uh listen it's hard to not pass judgment on most of these people besides yeah. like the the twigs in my opinion seem pretty decent but again this was definitely this special was definitely spun in their favor right right um but so during during the trials with the hospital cindy was um deposed like she had to give a statement about the the household um and about bob and kim and their relationship and she stated that he had been very abusive to kim he berated her verbally spanked her beat her Hmm. so all this like about bob starts kind of coming out so bob got himself a third wife darlena who he had been married to when the trial began so ultimately bob agrees to the blood test as long as the twigs don't seek custody to Regina's delight, the test comes back proving that Kim is indeed a twig. Of course. Because there really wasn't any doubt. No, there really wasn't <laughs> at all. Um, it just kind of puts that nail in the coffin. Right. So it took a while for Bob to agree to visitation, but the first visit does occur in 1990. So at that time, I think she's, what, like 12? Um, during the visit, Kim called Regina mom immediately, and the other Twig children felt an immediate connection with her. At first, the visits were pleasant and fun, and Kim and the Twigs, quote-unquote, just clicked, as one of the Twig sisters had said. Kim seemed joyful with the Twigs, um, finally away from her, like, shitbag of a dad. However, the Twigs do, they start, when these visits are going so well like they begin to get this like sinking feeling like this is not gonna continue like bob's up to something so and just regina in particular just had this like mother's intuition i guess it would be like on what turned out to be kim's last visit with them regina made a point of telling kim how much she loved her and that she'd always be welcome at their home Hmm. so sure enough after this visit bob um gets back on his bullshit and terminates the visits he stated that kim's grades were dropping and she was becoming less obedient because she had somewhere new to go oh my god yeah he then ends the visits and the twigs repetition the court uh for the visits to continue so this is this is where it gets really bonkers at age 14 kim began begins the process of divorcing her biological parents okay so like emancipating herself yeah i it kind it, it sounds like it's, it's wait 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 her assume <laughs> her assumed biological parents not her actual biological no, parents her biological the twigs wait divorcing them yes Cutting all ties. I'll I'll keep going. I know it's really okay. it, it's like what? <laughs> so she begins divorcing the twigs. So she interviewed with Barbara Walters, and oh my god, can I just say like holy fucking shoulder pads? Mm. There was so much shoulder pads. There was so much like matte, like fuchsia lipstick. Mm -hmm. 
wild. <laughs> so during the interview, Kim describes Bob, her her the dad, you know, the dad she grew up with, as fun, loving, and caring. During okay. Bob's interview with Barbara Walters, he gives a sob story about the whole thing. Um, and he has dead eyes the entire time. Like right. It's very the way he speaks is very um unsettling because he's just has this like eerily calm uh disposition. Um and you know, during this whole thing, the twigs are they believe and they've been saying on on the you know to the media that they believe that Bob helped to cause the switch at birth. Okay. Um, he calmly and very eerily denies this during the the interview. And when asked if the divorce of um, Kim and the twigs had been his idea, Bob said, no, Kim came to him with the idea. And he states that he advised that she, quote unquote, really better think about this. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay, Bob. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure, Jan. Yeah. So the interview with Kim seems, ew, it's really upsetting too. So the interview um, with Barbara Walters and Kim, it seems really rehearsed. And it just seems like she was fed a script. Yeah. By her dad. How old was she when she did this interview? 14. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. Um, so she she said, um, she, she, she states that when this all happened, she said, daddy don't don't let them take me away like even though her her visits and there was some footage of the visits like them at a bowling alley like was very pleasant and seemed and it seemed as though she was enjoying herself um what when asked about the or i'm sorry so it what she says during this interview it does not seem consistent at all with the way she behaved toward toward the twigs during the visit um kim states in the interview that miss twig accused kim's biological who she thinks the biological mother is so barbara that miss twig accused barbara of switching the babies which is why kim no longer wants to see them does, uh, that, does that make sense no yes but no yeah, right yeah <laughs> like what you're saying i get what you're saying but like but it no. doesn't make sense that okay because that was shoved in her head and like yeah yeah that was fed to her mm -hmm. around the same time and this is what's interesting there is this court case aired about a, a boy named gregory k who did this divorcing process from his biological parents so i think that bob and darlena i i mean i can't say that darlena the third wife was involved but i think they saw this footage of this kid and they were like oh we can have her do this yeah get them out of our lives yes exactly um and in my opinion cover up what they did like what he right. did 14 years ago um so when barbara walters interviews regina twig she said that she was sure that bob never intended to allow kim to continue visiting the family because you know he wants to look like a good guy he wants yeah, to yeah. look like oh i'm you know i'm trying to make this work and then giving, you know, trying to paint it like, oh, she had this choice not to see them anymore. Um, but Regina was on to this all along. She she had a feeling that this the visits were never going to to continue. Um, and when Barbara Walters asked Regina what her response would be if the court decides not to grant visitation rights to the twigs, Regina says um, that Kim will always be welcome into their family and that they all love her. 
when Barbara Walters asks Kim how she will react if visitation is ordered by the courts, Kim said she would appeal the decision because she never wants to see them again. What the fuck? Yeah. So during the trial, when Kim takes a stand, she denied having any affection for the twigs and stated her biggest fear was being taken away from her father. That feels forced, too. But Mm. also as a child, that could be like, that's what she knows. So. Yep. You'll see. Okay. So there was even a (laughs) these lawyers were so dirty. They even put a psychologist on the stand who argued that Regina would be an unfit mother. Okay. Despite that she has like five kids, I think at least three of them were in this series and all seemed completely well adjusted, normal shit. Like it just, that, that is just insane. And I don't, I'd be very interested to know like what evidence they base that claim on. Yeah. Yes. Then you have Bob who's been married 30 million times and had sex with some like, nurse or receptionist or whatever while his wife was dying yeah yeah (laughs) so there's obviously the the better parent there you know (laughs) yes clearly (laughs) father dearest yes so when asked when um the the during the trial when kim was asked what her biggest wish would be she stated that it would be to cut all ties with her biological family and quote get her life back okay Ultimately, the judge rules in favor of Kim and allows her to sever all ties with the twigs. Okay. So. I'm still stuck on the fact that there was another boy this happened to at the same time. Yeah, I don't know what all the circumstances were around around that. Like, maybe that one was, like, warranted or something. But um, I just. Baby carts were long gone. Like, how are so many babies getting switched? Dude, I don't know. I think that the early the early 80s, I think, still had some baby cards. Yeah, probably. probably. <laughs> Just in a different form. Yeah. So, in a surprise turn of events, just a few months after the trial, Kim moves in with the Twigs. After staying in uh, a shelter for, quote, troubled kids and runaway youths. <laughs> Oh, my God. She remained with the Twigs for about one and a half to two years. So nearing the end of the series, a now grown Kim Mays kind of starts telling like her side of the story and how her life has unfolded around this. So she reveals that the divorce had not been her idea, which we all knew, and that many of the things that she said during the, the interviews had been fabricated. She did not get along with Bob, uh, with Bob and Darlena, and revealed that she had been whipped with a belt for bad grades called, mm. yep, yeah, called stupid, idiot, dumb. So, um, yeah, she was berated all her life. There, there was this, um, there's this like illusion that was portrayed by Bob and Darlena to the media that Darlena and, um, and Kim got along so well. And she's like, no, we didn't. Like, we did not get along. Um, right. So all of that was like a crock of horse shit, which which we figured. So Kim says that during her stay with the Twigs after the trial, she tried to connect with Regina, but they didn't become very close. She says that she knows that Regina has a good heart, but she found her very smothering and overbearing, which I think is probably like a trauma response. I mean, yeah, she was probably just like, let me hold on to this kid. I mean, 
So I, I it's sad because you want to think that like everything was happily ever after, but um, Kim actually says that she quote uh, she was quoted saying, "I don't really feel like I had a mother growing up. That's where the confusion comes from. Mm. I really wasn't prepared for like life." Well, yeah how many different moms did she fucking have oh at that God. point and you know was, yeah and like you're involved in this huge um trial when you're 14 and Get manipulated to say yes and yeah and meanwhile like who knows what all the things that went on behind closed doors with her with her dad like right shit bag yeah um so yeah she had like a super difficult life um and at 18 she has a child and she gets married. She ends up losing custody of her child. She divorces her husband and she went on to have five more children. Her life was put on blast all over tabloids with stories about her um, stripping to support her kids. Bob Mays dies in 2012 at 65 years old and Kim becomes estranged from the Mays family. She doesn't talk to anyone. Just a real quick backtrack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sex work is valid work and so is stripping so fuck those tabloids that's that's Um, so gross like this poor woman i I know that's what tabloids do i mean that's how they but why shit like i hate that they shit like i don't know if you saw that that nurse who had an OnlyFans and got fired from being a nurse because she had an OnlyFans. mm mm-hmm that's horse shit. I just wanted to touch on that real quick. A tabloid exploiting someone and saying that they are trash for stripping to support their kids. No, she's doing whatever she has to or wants to. And even if she, you know, it's not like stripping is something that's like a last ditch effort either. Like people make good money, let them work. And it's like, she's, so. she's doing something like, yeah, yeah. People. Yeah. That's the thing. Like people bitch like, Oh, like we have to give this government assistance to people, but then it's right. like, okay, she's trying to do something and you're still mad. Like, Yeah. Yep. Sorry. I just had to, it was just really bothering me. Like tabloid because she's stripping. Like, oh, oh. It's, it's so gross. Like I feel so bad. Like her life was just, just got so like torn apart by no, by nothing she did. Like no yeah. choice that she made. I mean, you know, there, there of course she's an adult i'm sure she made choices blah 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 whatever but still like all this background is what ultimately put her on this path and it's so it's just shitty well and like you know when she was two and her real mother passed away uh, why the fuck like clearly bob wanted her because he was a control freak and wanted to control her i don't think he actually wanted her you know what i mean like mm-hmm. why not just be like okay well she's not my problem anymore cuz she's like She's somebody else's DNA child. Mm-hmm. Like, you, do you get what I mean? Like, I just like, uh, she could have had like a normal life with yes, the exactly. Twigs family. And oh, fuck. Okay. Mm-hmm. So she says that all these experiences have made her who she is, but she still, of course, wants to know like how the switch even happened. Yeah. So investigators believe that the switch happened on the morning of December 4th, 1978. According to hospital records, the overnight nurse is told to go home, and her replacement happens to be a friend of Barbara May's mother. Oh, okay. Despite records showing that the twig baby had nursed normally that day, records of the baby's weight show that the twig baby had lost five and a half ounces overnight. And that is not normal. Like, that would be a really concerning weight loss for, a ba- for an in- like a newborn. Right. Uh, that's a lot. Like, when you think about it, 
a baby's like what maybe seven pounds like yeah. losing five and a half ounces overnight is a shit is that's a lot yeah so this and then this weight was conveniently the same weight as the maize baby who if you remember had been unhealthy right okay she, the mom had an emergency c-section um so like there was fetal distress so that baby had been unhealthy from from the get-go and now this weight of the twig baby matches what the maize baby was you know do you get what i'm saying yes yeah like fishy so for the next feeding um regina notices that the baby's not nursing and this is when she notices that the pallor is a lot different like her baby is she has like a blue tint um so it's estimated that the swap happened sometime that morning between 5.30 and 7.30. On 12, on the on uh, December 5th, both families are scheduled to be discharged. And this is when one of the doctors checks over the babies and finds that the twig baby has a heart defect. The doctor orders three tests, one of which had been a blood test. This test would have shown like immediately that that baby could not have belonged to the twigs. However, very conveniently, this creep, Dr. Palmer, steps in and he ends up canceling that test. Oh, my God. And they show footage of Dr. Palmer. He's fucking crazy looking. Great. He uh, he looks unhinged as fuck. I, I want to look up um, a picture and show you it. He looks completely insane. Dr. He, Palmer is his name? Yes. Palmer... Uh, let me see. Uh, switched babies. I got it. Okay. Dr. Ernest Palmer? Uh, I don't know if it's... No, I don't think it's Ernest because that was the dad's name. Uh, I think it is because I just found an article that might have just spoiled this for me. But... Oh, I mean, you probably kind of caught on. I'll post... I'll definitely find a picture of him and post it because he is creepy as fuck. <laughs> yeah yeah um well fuck so the theory is that the hospital staff like it was such a small town everybody knew each other they they the theory is that they felt bad for the mazes because they'd been trying for so long to conceive the twigs already had healthy kids and they lost one to a very similar condition as the maze baby so it was kind of like they could you know conveniently this could happen and it wouldn't be all that strange you know yeah so speculation about if barbara had been the one to orchestrate this um started circulating because like how would she not have realized like she had this sickly blue baby that's now healthy and pink right like magically better and and like and is has more weight like just is a healthy baby so it's like that doesn't make sense so yeah this brings us back to that phone call that regina had gotten in the car um that was outside when the when the babies were like 18 months old they theorize this is really heart-wrenching they theorize that barbara had known she was sick and this was like a way of trying to see her biological daughter one more time before she died no because that happened right around the same time that she was diagnosed with such a severe um with such a severe illness right so this and this part's crazy and i'm so i still don't have a lot of clarity about it um so a nurse's aide comes forward uh i think and i want to say this is like in the 90s her name's patsy webb saying that she knew about the swap 
She refused to help with the swap when someone asked, but she said she also wouldn't snitch if it didn't if it did happen. Huh. So Patsy Webb literally went on her deathbed in an art in an interview with um, ABC News and disclosed that Dr. Palmer had switched babies. Oh God. Now from the footage I saw, they she didn't she didn't say the name of like the babies, but she it what they said in the what her um her son was shown in the footage, but they said that Patsy wanted to get right with God before she died. Um, at the time, she had been concerned about losing her job and her health insurance, which she needed for an ill family member. Um, Patsy did not. She refused any money. She didn't want money or notoriety. She just wanted to be on good terms with God. Hmm. Which is like, that's that that's incredibly sad to carry that with you. And for, oh, yeah, like, that's awful. So, uh, like I had mentioned before, Regina and Ernest ended up divorcing under the strain of losing not one, but two children. And today, Regina performs songs on, like, <clears throat> on like local stages that she's written, and one's called Precious Child, which she mm. wrote for both her daughters that she lost. Oh, Regina and Kim have not had contact in 15 years, but they are both open to reconciliation. One reporter asks at the end of the series, and this just really hit me, and you kind of said it. Who would Kimberly have been if she were never switched? Right. Yeah. So Ugh. that's the bonker story of the switched or maybe stolen at birth um, babies, Kim, Mays, and Arlena Twig. Holy shit. Wasn't that crazy? Yeah, that absolutely was. That was nuts. It, there are so many twists and turns so oh man it, it's just it's just bonkers and it's really really sad <laughs> it's super sad yeah like ugh. yeah so i um i that uh the abc the 2020 special thing um is pretty recent it was from 2019 um it was really good it was very well done i looked at some articles about this case but i got way more information just from watching that yeah, absolutely. It was really, really good. Shoulder pads and all. Man, those shoulder pads, those that fuchsia pink <laughs> lipstick, the big... Oh, hello. Lots of aqua... Yeah, sorry. They were really good the entire time, so I can't be angry. No, no, I'll take it. Um, were there lots of Aquanet? Oh my god, Aquanet. There were the giant, like, the giant earrings, but oh. not dangly earrings, like the giant, like, um, round earrings... It was a blast. I bet. I could smell. I could smell the like um, the the like uh, lip smackers through the screen. Oh god! Oh god! And the uh, shit that um, do you remember that cotton candy perfume? Yeah, I love that shit. I don't remember what it was called, but I love that shit. It did smell good, but that's just like that's like the the like late eighties nine early nineties smell. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Oh. I don't Why know. did I just get nostalgic over cotton candy spray? Because you can smell it right now, I bet. I can, actually. It's really know. good. Mm-hmm. And it took me back to the years of Love Spell. Oh, my God. Love Spell. Um, 
I'm pretty sure I still have a bottle of uh, pure seduction laying around oh, somewhere. Oh, yes, pure seduction. Yeah. But, but I've smelled that recently, and it smells gross. <laughs> it does, and I, like, I loved it. I would, like, bathe in it pretty much. Like, yep. oh, this one smells so good. And you purely yeah. seduced every one of those boys. What? No. <laughs> no. But, yeah, that was really... That was really good. Aren't you tired after that? Like, I'm tired. Yeah, like, I'm, like, emotionally exhausted. I don't know what the fuck, like, this poor family. It it was, it's completely insane, and I, it is so sad that, like, a kid was so royally fucked up in the process. And it's also so sad that that woman was robbed of her chance to Mm -hmm. be a mother for longer than two years. You know, like at a time, you know, because her baby died, you know, and not that she's not still a mother, but like she didn't get to raise the child that she birthed. Like she was robbed of that experience. And it's really sad. And, it's, and she never had any other kids, right? No. So Regina Twig? Yeah. No, she's the one that had a lot of kids. And that is like what they use to justify switching the babies is like, Oh, well, she has these other kids. Um, oh, fuck. I got her and Barbara mixed up. I'm sorry. Yeah, Barbara and Bob. The one who died. Yeah. Yes, they were the ones that were having trouble conceiving. Right. Got it. Okay. Sorry. I got their, like, backgrounds mixed up. But still, like, that was still her kid. Like, well, and that's what I thought. Like, thinking about it that way is so, like, it's this utilitarian, like, oh, yeah. well this will be better for more people. It's like, no, you can't. That's not how you can judge that scenario. No, not at all. Because obviously it wasn't. (laughs) No, it wasn't. It wasn't at all. That's sad. It ended up doing like so much more damage than if. Right. Yeah. It just nuts. I think Bob Mays was just not meant to fucking procreate. No, like that was like nature trying to be like, absolutely fucking not. Mm -hmm. But. Yeah, that's sad. But that was good. It was Thanks. different. Wasn't it? I know. Bonkers. Completely yeah. nuts. Absolutely. Well, do you have uh, anything in her padded room? Um, Come back to me. Do you? <laughs> I do. And okay. you're going to really like it because I don't know if you know about this. Okay, I'm ready. There are four seasons of Inside Shit's Creek webisodes. <gasps> 52 shorts all together and they are available on youtube or um the cbc website what the cbc website is like um the television channel in canada that just fucked me up because i thought you said cbc and i was like what (laughs) no 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 no. cbc the cbc requiring us to watch this because i will I mean, if they, that'd be the one thing I could get behind. Like this um, cure coronavirus. But there's like, there's things from like it, the beginning, whenever they first shot pilot episodes and you should see David's hair. It's like when he puts one of Moira's wigs on and shit, like <laughs> it's really good. I haven't started watching it. I just discovered it like today and I've been saving it to tell you about it. Um, but I think that you will really enjoy it. And, uh, there's 52 mini episodes and only a couple minutes long, but it kind of gives you that like, you know, little Shit's Creek fix since we all miss it. Yeah, no, I love that shit. Um, I love watching like the 
Parks and Rec's bloopers. Like, yes. The, they're so funny. Yes, I will definitely check that out. I just tagged you in it on Facebook, so you don't have to go far. Um, but I just figured that that would brighten your day um, and you would enjoy it. And so would a lot of people who like Schitt's Creek. So, yes, that's, I love it. Um, and then my only other thing is that I finished school. <laughs> Yay, Yay! Yes, you did. Good job. So, um, so no, no more school until I get a bug up my ass and decide I want to go back for something else. Are they doing some lame like commencement thing over like? No. So I wasn't gonna walk anyway because I fucking hate all that attention, and I got guilted into walking for my first master's degree, mm-hmm. and I certainly wasn't gonna get guilted into walking for this one because fuck that. Um. But essentially what they did was they sent out like a commencement gift package that has like a sign for my yard that I'll never put out um, and like a free cap. And uh, I got my honors cords and shit like that. Nice. So it was it was a nice gesture, but like not going to do it still. I yeah, I don't blame you. And then they said that we can walk um, in this in the spring if uh, they have a commencement depending on the pandemic They're but again i will not to. yeah nope and even if they did i'm i'm good on that like i did it once i was traumatized once i don't need to be traumatized again so uh, that's silly like you're not going to you're not going to be able to have one safely by then no no absolutely not um i am however very thankful to see uh vaccines going out um every time i see someone get vaccinated it gives me a tiny bit of hope for humanity um and it makes me very happy. So every time a COVID vaccine stings, an angel gets its wings. Oh, that's perfect. I just made that up. That You're was welcome. that was genius. Thanks. That was really good. I like but yeah. So. Um, so I don't have shit for padded room. <laughs> nothing have... exciting or cute or I literally Rachel, I am so bored with TV. I have nothing mm. cool to tell you about TV. You can start watching Wentworth with me. Wentworth? It's like a a darker version of Orange is the New Black. It's actually very good. Oh, I need, it's Australian. Okay, I need something because like I'm watching I'm rewatching Gilmore Girls for the 50th time. Yeah, no. Don't do that to yourself. Watch Wentworth. It's very good. I, I'm fed, I'm getting like, I'm getting like COVID fatigue, which I know everybody is. I'm stressed about the holidays. I'm stressed about work. I'm just fucking stressed. I, I fucking feel ya. <sighs> um, Wentworth is good though. I think you'll really like it. It's got a lot of really good backstory and like, I think you'll dig it. Okay. Um, so I would give that a shot. Okay. Are we going sled riding? Um, I yes, I needed to get back to you on that. I want to, and I would love to, but it probably will have to be after Christmas. That's fine because I have so much. I do you know I'm hosting? No, what the fuck? Yes, I'm hosting Christmas because uh, Joe is on call. So my family, like my, and it's just immediate, but still, like my family is coming here, so we have to get an air mattress we have to get a folding table and chairs because we don't have like a big table we have to clean the house we have to do all this shit i'm so stressed that is a lot yes we have to shop for all this food and shit like it's just yes well no wonder you're so fucking stressed incredibly i'm incredibly stressed out my god 
So I need to be in a padded room. That's my padded room. That's your padded room. You need a padded room. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So um, I know we had spoken on the show before about going sled riding. So Joey has been trying to figure out how we can do that. Oh, I desperate. I do. I desperately want to do it. I want to know like where we will do it. That's what he's trying to figure out. So he listened to the episode um, and was like, "Okay, but where?" <laughs> yeah. No, so. I was thinking the same thing, but I want to. I think it would be so fun. Yeah. Yes. I think it would be fun and we will take videos and you can all watch us being fucking idiots. I will straight up just like, just like roll down the hill. <laughs> yeah. Just like make yourself a snowball. Yeah. Yes, I will. Yeah. You can yes. put me in like a trash can and just shove me down. <laughs> oh my, oh my God. Have you ever done that in a big tire? No, you're such a redneck. <laughs> I know. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> it would be fun. <laughs> I am. I can't help it. But at least I'm not the uh, my freedoms kind of redneck. So. Oh yeah. At least you're not the like. I'm not getting the COVID vaccine, but let me go get a McRiddle. <laughs> Ma- masks are a fucking uh, government control tactic, but I ain't going to speed and I'm going to stop at this red light. And I have, you know, I have my iPhone because they're tracking yeah. me anyway. I ain't getting no fucking microchip put in me, but I'm going to hold my iPhone. <laughs> and yeah. My, and my fucking Apple Watch. like. Oh my God. Yeah, I can't. Later. I fucking can't. I cannot. But yeah. Um. So we will go sled riding and report to you all. Um, I want to. Just a heads up. Um, I don't know what we're going to do. F- Christmas is next week. <laughs> um, for recording. Well, I think we're probably not releasing an episode. Yeah. So um, what will probably happen is for the week of Christmas and New Year's, we are going to take a break. Mm-hmm. Um, just wanted to cover that now since this is the last episode that will go out before. Um, so technically it will only be, yeah, it'll be two weeks. So you're not going to get one, um, next week from us. Uh, and you're not going to get one the week after, um, unless we can somehow pull some magic out of our ass right after Christmas. Just don't expect it. And if you get one, it'll be a Christmas miracle. It's a Christmas miracle. I mean, we might, maybe we could do like a bonus about, uh, New Year's or something. Yeah, we can do something maybe stupid. I'm not promising anything to anyone, I'm not, though. I'm not promising y'all shit. <laughs> no. So, um, as it is right now, you will not... This will be an episode that is going out. I gotta look at a calendar because I am the fucking worst with dates. Um, this episode will go out on December 21st. You will likely not be getting an episode from us on December 28th. Um, and I don't know if you're going to get one from us on the fourth, but you may, who knows, pray to the Christmas gods that maybe you do. Perhaps you will. Perhaps you will. And it will be a, a blessing. Um, and but yeah. Merry fucking Christmas, you filthy animals. Absolutely. Absolutely. What's the, um, we're going to be the hap, hap, happiest. What is it? Fuck. That's my favorite too. Motherfuckers, this side of, uh. Oh, <laughs> hold on! I gotta look it up know, now. I can't remember the exact quote. <laughs> Where do you think you're going? Nobody's leaving. Nobody's walking out on this fun, old-fashioned family Christmas. No, no, we're all in this together. This is a full-blown four-alarm holiday emergency here. We're gonna press on, and we're gonna have the hap hap happiest Christmas since Bing Crosby tap danced with Danny Fucking K. And when Santa squeezes his fat white ass down that chimney night. He's going to find the jolliest bunch of assholes this side of the nut house. 
<laughs> that's the one that's the one the, the only christmas movie we need the um i just put that on my tombstone that's all i want yeah yeah that's oh wait totally a minute fun. i did have a goddamn padded room it's very short it doesn't matter what <laughs> I, I completely did have one that i thought of right before we started um it's from our favorite facebook account or i'm sorry instagram account facebook shirts yes yeah i forgot i forgot here's the um oh it's not even that one that i told you that one just so you all can um can revel in the glory yes this, this one that i <laughs> told rachel about is states i don't fear coronavirus because my blood type is softball which made me remember a meme i saw that was like i'm not wait if you ever went to warp tour between the years of 2004 and 2011 don't worry about what's in the coronavirus vaccine (laughs) (laughs) and then this other this other gem that i just found so uh this t-shirt says yes i'm a karen I need a haircut and my f- and my freedom. My husband's attractive secretary better fear me. I run on I run on white wine and romantic novels and I need to speak with the manager. What the fuck? I want to almost buy that and give it to a Karen the next time I see one. Oh, I was just going to say I'm about to give I'm about to buy that for you for your birthday. Oh my god. Yeah, but like I actually like when I see a Karen in the wild, imagine just having that ready to be like, here I got this for you. And like she would lose her shit and probably have a meltdown. Oh my god. Yeah, like in a good way. Like we could just like get like um, you know how they make those fake parking tickets? Mm-hmm. We could make those with the Karen saying. It would be so nice to just know like that you're about to come face to face with a Karen, although you usually can tell by the haircut. Oh, yeah, they have that betta fish haircut a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like real, it's like business in, in the, what is it, business in the back, but like kind of a spiky party in the front. <laughs> it's like, well, I don't I don't know how to, it's like, it's, it's like straight in the front, but then it spikes up in the back like a betta fish that's angry. Oh, I guess it does. Yeah, I was thinking about how it tapers down at the neck to like very short. It's like a reverse mullet. Kind of, yeah. And it's like, it's like this weird bob thing. It's definitely the ask, like the ask like let me ask for your manager special absolutely yeah so that's yeah but you know them in a shirt too would be i just think like carrying that in my purse and like having it ready i totally just burped into the microphone so sorry it's cool whatever you know i've lost lost all will live (laughs) yeah yeah it's it's all right it's the end of the year and you know what everyone's like yeah 2021 (laughs) shit ain't getting better (laughs) y'all shit ain't getting better until maybe like summer ish maybe that's optimistic it's it is i'm only saying that because i'd love to get married next year that'd be really nice that'd be really nice but yeah so all right merry fucking christmas yes merry christmas happy holidays whatever you celebrate i'm wishing you a happy holiday merry chrysler Um, merry crisis (laughs) it's have you that's my favorite vine ever have you seen that oh i saw i saw a meme with merry crisis so it's probably based on the vine it's yeah it's based on the vine she goes around she's like merry chrysler merry crisis to people so good so merry crisis everyone um and have a happy fucking new year 2020 fun just kidding (laughs) (laughs) it's gonna suck (laughs) it's gonna suck so bad all right bye. bye